Hello and welcome to We Bought a Mic, a pop culture old cast. Talking old. We're getting old. Mm-hmm. A, a pop old sure. Old old. An old culture pop pop cold. Pop cold. Pop yeah. gold. Much like Old's M, getting gold. much like M Night, We're, this joke has diminishing returns. Uh, a pop culture magnet cast. We're here to discuss. You guessed it. Old <laughs> Space Jam Two: A New Legacy. Uh, I'm Ernest. Uh, I am Hunter. <laughs> okay, man, that beach did a number on you. Of all the, you have that in your bag. <laughs> of all the impressions you try to do, that's not bad. Well, that's I, like the SpongeBob so did, old man Jenkins. I did. Yeah, that's honestly closer to what it is. I did try to do old voice earlier, and it just kind of kind of sounded like Woody Allen. Like, oh, uh, my name is Hunter. <laughs> That's Woody Allen. No, see, Woody now Allen I trying to take a now shit. I can't even do that anymore. That was, I don't want to sound like Woody Allen. I do not want to be associated with Woody Allen. You keep on bringing him up. <laughs> I don't know. I'm Drew. We have a guest. A very special first time guest is here in the studio, in the pod studio, supporting local mom and pop podcasts <laughs> is something mom that we are trying to cast. advocate for here. Yeah, because so, we're definitely not one of those. <laughs> we don't need any help or support. Small businesses are struggling in America today. Mm-hmm. And podcasting is somehow related to that in some way. So we got to stick together in this crazy world. So we have the uh, host of Cinephiles Digest uh, right here in the pod studio, Mr. Matt Cerberus. Hello. 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 Thanks for having me. Happy yes. to be here, guys. Uh, you just got back from the beach and it made you really old. How does that feel? I sound great for 85, though. Right? Yeah, you're not even going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't even no, bother. I just that. I'm not even going <laughs> to go in that water. Like, your voice is <laughs> I'm saying so on well. the land. Man, geez. Yeah. But thank you. Thank you. Happy uh, to be here. We're yeah, we're excited to get into old. But before then, we got to have an M. Night overall discussion. This is not the first M. Night movie that we have covered on this podcast we did talk glass do we talk split or was that we talked just it was, we talked mod. split on glass yeah bundled okay. in you just it. gotta we just yeah. i didn't remember because split was 2017 right so we started the pod no like, i think that was 16 was it it yeah. was it was 17 because that was oh, one okay. of the first episodes we did on my show and we started mm. in 2017 okay it was like february 2017 so maybe maybe start there like how do you feel about modern m night and then maybe go back to like how you feel about older M night. Cause that's kind of how people are reevaluating him right now. There's like early M night, middle M night, which, uh, you know, absolutely. We don't really talk about. And now there's new M night. So maybe talk to us about like how you feel about him now versus the previous iterations. Sure. So I feel like when we're talking about M night, I feel like in many people's eyes, the village is probably that middle point where people look at a before and after and yeah, kind of the where, turning point where you stand on the village can vary. I think the village is cool. Like I think it's well-directed pretty silly movie. I think I didn't, I came to it much later. I didn't see the village for the first he time should, until like three years ago. He should just, I'm, this is a spoiler for what I'm going to say later. He should just be silly. Right. Mm-hmm. Like what if he just was like, okay, I'm, I'm funny. <laughs> like instead of <laughs> being, acc- instead it, of yeah. accidentally being funny. Totally. <laughs> yeah. So, 
I'm I'm not the biggest M Night guy, so The Sixth Sense I think is a great, important movie. It's an awesome thriller, iconic twist. Sure, Sixth Sense is great. Unbreakable I like a lot. Think it might be a little overrated. Some people like really love Unbreakable, and I'm like, I think I appreciate what it's going for, but. You know, maybe a little overrated. Um, Signs is my personal favorite. And I fully admit that it's not a great movie and does have a very stupid twist with the whole water swing away thing at the end of it. I, I <laughs> recognize away, that. Meryl, stupid. Swing away. But I, I love Signs. I have a lot of fondness for Signs. Um, talked about the village. I have not seen Lady in the Water, After Earth, or... What's that other one? Last Airbender? Yes, Last Airbender. So like that Mm -hmm. middle section of filmography, I have not seen. I can't imagine why. I think The Visit is absolute trash. Like I have a very, very strong opinion on The the (laughs) Visit. And it's that it's a garbage movie and I hate it. (laughs) Um, Split, I think, started off pretty strong. Has some cool ideas. Is an effective thriller, but also kind of hokey. And one that ultimately ties into spoilers for Split ties into the Unbreakable universe. Um, you know, not great. I didn't love that. And then Glass. Um, funny thing about Glass is I haven't seen it, but we did review it on my podcast. <laughs> oh, oh wow. you're speaking my Hell language yeah. right my now. Co-wor- my coworker, coworkers. Jesus Christ. My co business. <laughs> they didn't know that I hadn't seen it until we were about to give star rating because I acted like I had, and I was just like talking along with them and like parroting that would have been great if isn't that a real Shyamalan twist that's exactly (laughs) what it was I was like here's the the M. Night Shyamalan twist I didn't fucking see the movie and they were like oh my god it would have been great if they didn't know until right now yeah, this this. yeah. <laughs> I just kept the bit running like, the whole time. You just yeah. happened to say like, and then he drowns in a puddle of water and they're like, yes, 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 of course. <laughs> like you just pulled that out of your ass. So I didn't blow my cover. Um, but yes, I have. I have not actually seen, seen it. Okay. Um, Don't bother. Not it's it's a dog shit movie. I'll say it. Oh. I, I'm sorry to friend of the podcast, Harry, who is on here. You know what? I'm glad that you are on here because last time that we discussed M Night, we had friend of the podcast Harry on, um, who is just fully in the bag for M Night. And we had to sit here and be. I don't nice know to if he's fully. In, he was fully in the bag for glass. I talked to him about it. He said that. Well, we'll get to it in a second. Old is his F nine that he refuses to listen to criticism for this movie. <laughs> that he's rocks. just all in. That it's just beach that makes you old. You can't say anything I mean, critical. Old is better than F nine by um, a lot. I would say. Uh, Sorry, Adam. Oh, I don't know. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, know if, if I. I, agree I don't know if I agree not, with that at all. I don't. I don't know your stance on F nine, so I don't know. If I really liked F nine. I. I wow. Okay. All right. Okay. Ooh, maybe we'll not by a, maybe not by a lot, lot, but we'll, a solid notch. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, you know. I will say uh, I feel kind of similar to you, Matt, on M. Night. I, you know, when he hits, I think he does hit really good, especially in the early part of his career. I rewatched The Village um, and I think The Village is a masterpiece. I actually think it's his best movie by like a lot. Um, just me personally. I think that it's like the best use of not only is it like one of the most beautiful movies from this time period of the mid 2000s shout out to roger deakins um the score is fucking incredible it's like 
the movie has the best feeling for what M night does best. And even if some of the dialogue is pretty hokey as with all M night movies, like it's not afraid to be hokey in a lot of ways that some of his other worst movies are also just incredible performances. Um, Rockstar's Howard is incredible. She's so good. And like, I don't know why she is not like, I've never seen anything else that she's been in before. That's, had the same level of he just skill. gets i mean he just gets a really good performance out of her Dude, that's, we, he's usually able to adrian do that. brody should have won the oscar for this and not the pianist um for his performance oh, as. and we're gonna have to clip <laughs> that one out <laughs> that's like cancelable <laughs> no uh that part isn't great but you know his career a, tanked after the village his career was already tanked salvaged this. only by wes anderson no his career started to tank whenever he went on snl and he did the uh, rasta guy he did rasta guy that honestly like that marks a cr- point in his career where it just started plummeting yeah because that that's a guy on. who like is uh flying too close to the sun because yeah. they didn't want him to do that he was like i can do literally nothing wrong he goes out there and does that <laughs> He's shit like, did you guys see the pianist i can do anything yeah and they're like no we didn't he goes out there what? he goes like full chet hanks mode yeah yeah he did anyway Man, when is chet hosting snl really? um Six Sense is great. Um, Unbreakable, I can't feel similar to you. Like, it's a really good movie. I think it's a little bit overrated. Um, I think Stuart Little is in his top five movies that he's worked on. I'll say it. He, he wrote didn't the direct for it. it. He wrote the script for it. It's a good script. He doesn't have sole writing credit on it, though. You know what? I put it on my letterbox list of uh, Shyamalan ranked movies that he has written or directed. Nice. And it's in my top five. Okay. Because you know what else I include in there? Devil, which is in my bottom two. Okay. Um, that movie is dog shit. That movie's fucking awful. He read the story for it. He didn't direct it. But dear God, I have like a very vivid memory of seeing that movie. And it was just not a good time. Um, I think The Last Airbender, we discussed it during our Avatar episode of this podcast a movie i could only watch half of i finished it um and it's just completely soulless just terrible I was not able to like when he it. but the thing is with m night is that in almost all of his movies like the last airbender is bad the happening bad glass even split i think had a lot of potential and then it became a superhero thing at the end and it lost me but in most of his movies and i feel the same way about old it's like so close to being great. Like there's like if you just changed like one or two things, this could have been awesome. But it's like he just always does makes a couple of choices that just kind of take the movie down a few notches. He it's I almost want to like it's almost like a very, very like high functioning, successful person's version of like ADHD that he has because it's it's like a big picture problem it's not a little things problem he knows how to do every individual little thing uh to create craft but he cannot make that coalesce into a good movie most of the time and it's very frustrating right like i want to like everything he does because he's he's a pretty rare like auteur who gets budget and gets to do what he wants keeps getting it too he's like, profitable bounce after bounce oh i guess that is the thing yeah, like, he makes even, money even if it's bad exactly even if like critics and audiences trash it the box office returns are always there well where it started to go down was in like a movie like after earth which because it had such a huge budget it 
yeah. failed. It was a negative yeah, box office. Yeah, we sort of realized he, he can't get in that. With the visit, because that's a Blumhouse movie with like no budget at all, and it was profitable. Drew, when we reviewed Glass, I I went back and and listened to some of our Glass episode, and I think you were the one who put it the best. Uh, Cause you were kind of between everybody. Cause Harry was like really hot on it and Hunter and I weren't, you were like a good, like kind of middle take. And I think you said that um, M night always goes for home runs, but gets doubles. And you'd rather have that than someone who just goes for doubles. Okay. Um, I agree with what I said. I don't remember saying it. Um, it sounds pretty eloquent. Exactly. That <laughs> I feel like that really sums up a lot of what we're yeah, talking he's, about. Right he, now. The, yeah. The problem is that you can tell he's trying to make better movies than he's making. Yeah. So when and you we'd watch rather it, see somebody try to swing for the fences and not quite get there, yeah. than just settle for the middle. It's tier. just his movies that end up being average are average because parts of them are incredible and parts suck shit. And I'd rather watch that because it's more entertaining on both ends than watching a movie that is through and through average, like average craft, average writing, average direction, average effort, smooth. Yeah. His movies are so not smooth, <laughs> which is funny because Sixth Sense you know, so much can be made of his career and like how we feel about him is entirely dependent on the fact that he came in in his 20s yeah. uh, pitching a fucking heater. Uh, that movie is smooth as fuck. Like yeah. it's so contiguous. It's so coherent. It's so like I don't even I don't even feel very strongly about it because I didn't see it until adulthood. And you kind of have to put yourself back in the cultural moment of when it came out because Not knowing the twist you, and you just yeah. can't imagine a movie like that affecting the lexicon in today's world. Like those movies don't really matter to anybody, you know, but like that movie like fucked everyone up. That yeah. was a huge, and, and the, huge deal. The The twist was what everybody was hinging the word of mouth on. It was like, Oh, I can't tell you what the sixth sense You'll is about. You'll never believe the twist. Yeah, you gotta go see it because I can't. I can't tell you anything yeah. about it. But and it just like like direction wise, it's so it's so unbelievably smooth. Like it has, it feels like it has one person making it instead of like four, which I, is how most movies are now. Which and also, uh, I think I also said this on that episode. I think my man M Night is a bit split. Exactly. And I'm, yeah. I really hope one of them isn't a pedophile. Well, okay. so <laughs> no, I don't want to get too yeah. ahead of ourselves. <laughs> but, um, but I don't know sometimes watching these movies. I, I don't yeah, want to get. Mm, all right. <laughs> I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but I do think that old, all like definitely isn't too much of a clash between the sort of split personalities that are happening with M night. I think that it, he is trying to give way to more of like the campy ridiculous side of himself a little bit more than the self serious side. Because when you look at something like the village, that is himself taking it very, very seriously. But I think that movie still succeeds because you still get some of the weirdness in there. Like that movie has like kind of a fucked up sense of humor to oh, it. Yeah. Like there's this shot <laughs> where like there's this moment where like Judy Greer, like uh, her character uh, confesses her love to Joaquin Phoenix. And instead of getting any line of dialogue from him, we smash cut to her crying her eyes out. And that's like an intentionally comedic decision 
to do that. So even his most self-serious, like quote unquote, pretentious movie still has like the weirdness factor. Um, I revisited the village and signs this week. Didn't get a chance to revisit the sixth sense, unfortunately, but I love both of them. Uh, signs is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. It is so good. The ending is dumb. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ending is dumb. So but- hold on though. I want to talk about this really quick. I haven't seen signs. So everyone is really, really mad because at the end of signs, it turns out aliens don't like water. They come to water planet is so these are aliens of unknown intelligence level. What if yeah, they're, they're what if they're dumb? Like, yeah. why are people no, upset no, about that? Here's the thing. Exactly. Here's, that's exactly not, true. I don't even think that's the twist that people are mad about because here's the thing about science is that it's not a twist. They exactly. say throughout the entire movie, hey, M. Night is in the movie himself because you know he loves himself in his movies and he's in the movie and he's just like, hey, I'm going to go by the lake because these things seem like they don't like water. <laughs> and they keep saying throughout the movie, these things really sure seem to not well, go anywhere near water it's and it's like oh the twist is the water hurt them well, like, that, well that's it, not a twist then that's sort of a play in old as well like yes th- like that's I, I said that i was saying that to you after we saw the movie yeah, that was like well there isn't really a twist there, yeah there's either. one facet that would be a twist except for it was set up a lot and then there's another separate thing that is just a full deus ex machina but that's not a twist that's just like providing an ending you know well, before we dive into old, I did want to hear some thoughts on signs, Matt. So you said this is your number one Shyamalan, correct? Yes, absolutely. So tell us why. So I'm not going to lie. A lot of it probably has to do with nostalgia. Uh, science came out in, what, 2004, 2005, right. something like that. So I was 13 02, years actually. Oh, two. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I in 02, I was 11. Jesus. So I was, you know... Part of the beauty of watching an M. Night Shyamalan movie when you're young is that you haven't developed as much of a critical mind to where you can very easily, I would say in basically every single M. Night Shyamalan script that he's done, poke holes in it. There's plot holes. There's things that don't make sense. There's wooden dialogue. That shit doesn't bother you when you're 12 years old, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just an M. Night joint for you at this point. It's going to have flaws. So... When you're 11 years old and you see this scene with uh, Joaquin Phoenix's character, like, honestly, this scene has been burned in my memory since I was that age, right? It's the birthday party where he's watching, Joaquin's watching the TV and it's from footage from like Brazil or something. And the camera is looking down an alley and the alien, almost like Bigfoot, (laughs) that famous Bigfoot footage, just like rolling. I I just got, I gave myself the chills just thinking about that, right? So like... Honestly, a part of it is probably just I was young when I saw it and it had such an impact on me and I rewatched it a lot. But I just think it's a really effective thriller. Like, I think it's genuinely creepy. I think Joaquin Phoenix and Mel Gibson are solid in it. I'm not going to lie. I haven't like rewatched it in quite a while. So I don't know if this would hold up. on. Did you watch right? it a lot when you were young? Or do a you have- lot, okay. a lot. I've seen signs probably... I don't know, 15 times. Oh, wow. 20 times. Nice. We had it on DVD. So, you know. Yeah, I I totally get your point about like kind of being quote unquote scarred for lack of a better term by the movie. Because I I didn't watch a lot of scary movies when I was little. And I remember watching Signs and being like deeply 
horrified by it's it. It's so effective it's what, at what it's doing. And I just remembered a scene. So there's a scene where I can't remember which character is. I think it's Mel Gibson. But he, he gets down on his knees. Maybe it's Joaquin. I don't know. He looks under a door. And yeah, an no alien hand mm-hmm. like reaches under the door. And there's no score there. There's no like. But the build up to it too. The build up to it is huge. Using and then, the knife as a mirror. Yes. Looking under mm-hmm. it. And then he goes to grab it. And there's no like a lot of lesser movies would punctuate that scene with like, you know, there's some sort of like droning score. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you punctuate it with like some sort of like bombastic like score. Right. Note. Yeah, jump scare. It's just yes. silent. And you just see the hand. And that's the most effective kind of jump scare for me. Mm-hmm. Just scenes like that have just been kind of like drilled into my memory and have had such an impact on me. And it's so, just, it's an awesome thriller. That's what Shyamalan does is thrillers, kind of pulpy thrillers. Yeah. And I think Signs is the best one of them. You know so. what's funny about Signs? Because I just re-watch, rewatched it for the first time in years, like last week. Um, and Mel Gibson is like perfectly utilized in that movie. I actually think that Joaquin like isn't great which feels weird to say because walking phoenix is one of my favorite he's one of my favorite actors alive but like i feel like he because you know joaquin always tries to make choices in every movie that he's in and like his choices and mel gibson's choices like they're both (laughs) going very different things in the movie and like mel gibson has more of an idea of what movie he's in just because he's playing it so serious and so like self-righteous in a way that it fits the tone really well also unfortunately the third Culkin kid is the main kid in it he's good dude it's dude he's bad man come on good actor no well here's the thing is maybe maybe it's because i watched the sixth sense which has probably the greatest child performance ever and then watching signs with yours like rory Culkin is the kid in this Oh well, boy. Okay. So here's the thing. This is my my take on talking about M Night again after what two, three years since Glass came out. Like when we watched Glass, I didn't I didn't have a full grasp on like how I felt about M Night Shyamalan. Me neither. And I feel like now I'm closer to really understanding him by revisiting um, both Village and Signs and now seeing Old. Uh, I'm never going to watch Lady in the Water, uh, After Earth, and The Happening. Can I ask, oh, have the you happening seen Lady is in the Water? Seeing. No, no, no. I'm ne- I don't want to watch I those see Lady in, I really want to see Lady in the Water because that actually sounds interesting. Uh, After Earth is... I will never see that movie. Uh, yeah, but The no Happening interest. is... The Happening is worth seeing yeah but we're we're in this era now where like we're totally recontextualizing m night Shyamalan as a guy like when he comes on at the beginning of old to introduce the movie (laughs) there are people cheering in my theater at the sight of him which is a complete 180 as to uh before this kind of renaissance where his name came up on the screen and people would boo him so we're in a we're in a different era right now and it's made me like kind of rethink how we understand his movies because going back and seeing his earlier work with signs and village, like I feel like he has this way of making movies like in, in a way that doesn't tie into how real life works or how real people talk and communicate to each other. Like it, it just, Okay, sometimes it doesn't work at all. Granted, <laughs> there's times where like it doesn't click, and that's why I didn't like Glass. Don't like that movie still. But 
there's this through line between all of his movies where he's not trying to depict real world events with real world people. There is this movie heightenedness to everything that he's doing that you kind of have to, there's a buy-in to it. You kind of have to go along with it. Well, that's ultimately, I think the curse of M night is he, this happens with, I, I hate to be this guy because I did this last week too. This happens with athletes all the time. They start so hot out the gate that anything other than the next greatest of all time is not enough. Like they're, especially because M night didn't want to be the next Spielberg. He was put on that Newsweek cover. It said the next Spielberg. There is no, there is, that is uh, putting 16-year-old LeBron on a magazine cover and saying the next MJ. And LeBron happened to actually be that. That doesn't happen all the fucking yeah, time. Ever. Like, that doesn't happen. And he wants to make stupid, weird movies. Uh, he wants to make pulp, like like you said, pulp thrillers. Beyond that, he wants to make, like, weird, dumb horror movies sometimes. Silly. Um, and beyond that, he's not the next Spielberg because he wants to write all of them. <laughs> and Spielberg doesn't do that because point. they're Spielberg knows there are people that are better than him at writing yeah. movies. So it's he's been pigeonholed into the hardest slot to enter as a, as a young director. He's still relatively young for a Hollywood director, and he's just fucked because like I couldn't figure out how to feel moment to moment in old because there's this buy-in element where you're like, you have to go in being fully willing to be immersed in whatever the fuck he's going to throw at you. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of was just because I wanted to have a good time. But also part of me is like, it has like the funny guard up of like, does he know this is funny? A lot of the time he didn't. I know he didn't. There's certain very specific moments at old that there are people laughed in the theater and they were not supposed he didn't, to. He didn't yes. want them to. There are maybe like two written jokes in the whole movie. It, it, but it's just like the thing is like why why won't he let this be funny? Like I wish that he wasn't so I think serious. He is kind of. Like, it, but like he is, but he, he knows how time, to be he funny. Wants, he wants everybody to like take this seriously. Like that this is a serious movie. What if you go to beach and you get old? That shit's serious. It's like, yeah, but what if you go to beach and get old is just inherently funny. Like, have right, fun well, with it. Let's any other thoughts on his older catalog before we really dive into old? I honestly, I think the anticipation has been built up way too much and I'm <laughs> fucking ready. I'm ready to, to get old. old. Yeah, let's get old. old. I feel too young um, right now. Okay, so I want to I want to do something. So me and Hunter went to uh, a screener for old uh, humble brag and I don't go to these a lot. So I, I forgot what the, the common practice is when you leave the people running the screener want your your quickest take on the yeah. movie. Um, cause they're collecting, you know, one like, sentence, which yeah, honestly is a bad, that's not, I know that's not a way to do film criticism in well, any way. At it's all. a way to start your yeah. film criticism though. Cause I, that is how I want us to almost like always start our movie thoughts is, <laughs> is like, you're leaving a theater. You want to sound smart, but you also only have one sentence, but you do want to give them like an accurate take on how you feel about the movie. Like I, we should go around and do that. Like, do you, do you have that Matt at the ready? I your can, initial thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I can do that. What do you got? Go first? Yeah. <laughs> So walking out of the theater, I felt like, wow, that was a piece of shit, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. 
Yeah, that's, that was my initial reaction. That's how I walked out of the theater. Is that something that you would tell like somebody running an advanced screening? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. my so my pitch for what I'm gonna say to advanced screener is M Night Shyamalan's best movie since Glass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna pull up. I texted a uh, friend of the pod, Harry. All right, hold on. Why you why you do that? I'll give mine. I said because we were at, in the I, parking lot, and and <laughs> the people who had run the screener were like driving away, and the the lady like opens her car window. She's like, "Hey, what'd you think of the movie?" <laughs> really, like, really weird. Ah! And and I said, I said, I think it could have been great with some tweaks, but it wasn't quite there. And I think I. And think she said, true. "I agree." Yeah, she said, "I agree fully with that." <laughs> and then drove away in her car. She didn't even stick around for more than like three minutes yeah. to get everybody's response. Then she, she did was like, donuts um, around the parking lot. <laughs> um, okay, so this is what I texted Harry. I said, um, "It was really good. Enjoyed it a lot. Some M Night corny nerdy shit for sure. But I had a great time. Mm. And that's." Kind of how I feel about this movie. So, like, so you're going to be the highest on this. Out of I kind of love this tell. movie. I'm kind of like all the way in on this movie, even though I'm not going to like die on the hill defending some of its egregious faults, because I do think that it definitely has a lot of pitfalls. But just sitting there watching it. I was kind of clocked into it the entire time. It actually has a pill fall when Allison Pill. Spoiler alert. Is that her? Yeah, man. Oh. Right? Am I wrong when she... When it looks like her. I wasn't sure if it was. If you're going to cast um, an adult who needs to look a lot like a child, you you call up Allison Pill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I think this movie's goofy. It's silly, you know? Uh, but I think that M. Night is like embracing that without sacrificing the tone and the tension and the suspense. I feel I feel it's a fun movie. The, the thing is, I feel tonally it could have done a lot better with balancing that personally. I like I think if he wanted this to be what everybody wanted it to be, which he clearly cares so much about what people think about his movies. If he didn't, he wouldn't have given us like seven different endings just to try to satisfy everyone on Earth. Yeah. Uh, and simultaneously making sure that maybe people weren't so satisfied with that. So by the way, that actually was not Alison Pill. It wasn't? I know. I'm actually shocked by that. It's Eliza Scanlon. Look at that. Wow. That's who it is. It's Market Eliza correction Scanlon. alert. Man, like that just, I could have sworn that that was Alison yeah, Pill from, in the movie. Um, uh, she's a, she's um, in Little Women. Yes, Little Women. She's in Sharp Objects. Uh, baby um, Teeth. Baby Teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, Old, but the old universe doesn't affect your teeth, by the way, everybody. I yeah. So we'll talk about that in spoilers about uh, calcium deficiencies and all that anyway, fun stuff. It, it just, I I think if he wanted it to be silly, he should have shown more intent to do that instead of providing us with a lot of moments that I don't think we're quite supposed to, but like just are inherently silly. And also, he delves so so deep into like very very emotional family drama that i i don't think that it's even possible to juggle both of those things on the level he wanted to and also i, I feel like some of the actors are like on different pages of <laughs> what kind of caliber they need to be at because some of the cast we're getting by the time everybody's at the beach getting old we're looking at what <laughs> 10 to 12 people 
total, maybe a little more. Yeah, we got a, we got a little it's squad. A little, yeah, it's a yeah. little bit of, a, of an ensemble here. And some of them know that they're in a goofy movie and they are going for it. And some of them think that they're in like a deep drama. Well, because it is so it, it, the depth of the drama in this is like more than any of his other movies like he's trying to like plumb the like the skeletons in the closet of these characters that's what this movie's about it's about bringing to light what they don't want to be brought to light and i don't think you can do both at the same time and ha like come a hundred percent scot-free i think that like i enjoyed watching the movie like you said i don't think there was any way in hell i wasn't going to enjoy it i was so uh fascinated and i wasn't expecting a good movie so it ended up being about what i thought it would be anyway it's like it's weird because like i was never bored but i don't know if i was like thoroughly entertained entertained either like i was just kind of left in this like in between i definitely wasn't satisfied so maybe i was entertained but i wasn't satisfied with what i saw so it just kind of left me in this weird limbo where i was like yeah man i mean that was a movie i'm never gonna see old again and uh that was it <laughs> i am curious though do you think that this movie is the best movie he's made since the village Yes, but that's not saying much. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. I honestly, I can't get on board with M. Night Shyamalan as a self-aware, I know I'm being goofy kind of guy. I think he takes his shit 100% serious at all times. I don't think, honestly, I think when his movies are funny, I think they're funny in the same way that The Room is funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like There were, I, there were moments that were very reminiscent. I'm me. not convinced that... So the, here's the thing with his movies. I feel like he... I don't know what his background, right, as a, as a human, but I'm convinced he has been living in the woods his whole life, maybe raised by wolves. I don't think he actually knows what a real human being well, is like. in a way, he grew up very rich, so you're kind of right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, see, right? So, like, I'm convinced he doesn't understand what organic human beings look like. And you can look at his movies, and I think part of the reason why, and also part of the reason why his movies are so interesting, is there's this, like uncanny feeling when you're watching one of his films where you're like these people are characters in a movie they're not real human beings and there's just something strange going on here yeah and you mix that with the plot driven pulpy thriller aspect of his films where it's like crazy shit's gonna happen it's meant to be entertainment and i think that kind of makes him a singular filmmaker in hollywood like there's nobody who yep. makes movies exactly. like M. Night Shyamalan. so you have to appreciate that on some level yeah, but totally. you don't you don't necessarily have to enjoy it i'm just not 100 percent on board with it mm. right yeah. so like i think what's been so fascinating about the discourse surrounding this movie is that you can kind of compare this to how reception has been for his other films right but there have been people who have been like virtuoso filmmaker this is amazing incredible suspense wow what a movie and then you have people who are like the screenplay is garbage it doesn't make any sense you can 
poke holes in the plot. It's so stupid. And I kind of think I'm right in the middle. It like, is. I, I it's totally well, like it's both at the same time. Yeah. It looks beautiful. It's so dumb. And that's great. <laughs> like, I honestly think it's awesome that he's out There's here. There's no other this movie is, like that. This is, There's no one else who does that. Look, I'm telling you right now, for the Wabamis right now, this is the front runner for the Bimbo Award. Yeah, like, Himbo dear, Award. The Himbo It's been changed. The Himbo. Yes. Okay. That's right. For the movie that looks beautiful, but dumb. Yes. This is. I don't know if there will be another nominee that will match this because this movie, it looks gorgeous. It looks so good. It also has Um, a a pitch that is immediately understood on all levels. Go to the beach, they get old. Yeah. So wildly evident by the fact that, that like upon its release weekend, like I would say now we're on the tail end of this being a good meme on Twitter and it's like almost rot at this point. It's far gone. And it's only been like, it's only been like four or five days of this (laughs) meme. Um, I, I was on the shit, man. I was on the shit six days ago. Let me tell you. Anyway, Dude, uh, it, like it's I've a, been on this beach. This is what people want out of M Night. Like, if he made fucking like silly Blumhouse horror movies, everyone would be on board with that. Mm-hmm. He didn't quite do it here. The, it's a really interesting what you said because uh, the buy-in is so important because if you want to view his bizarre way of writing humans as like a, a semi-human. You can see that as Hitchcockian. There are times when Hitchcock did something like that, obviously executed it better. Um, And more so than that, you can see it as Twilight Zone because that show didn't have a single human in it. Like everyone in that show was in some bizarre, not just the characters who were being affected by the Twilight Zone. That show had stupid writing like that show was written silly. Um, And he clearly is like wildly influenced by both of those things. This pitch is like a higher concept feature length twilight zone type thing like it's just like hey what if yeah and then he you know obviously feels some intrinsic need to pull the entire curtain back uh and tell you why 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 but i don't know it's just it's so much this movie it's just like it's a lot it's pulling you in every direction at once um i liked it probably more than it sounds like i did because it's it's rare that a movie I don't love is still captivating me. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, if I don't love it, I'm checking out. And I wasn't checked out because mm-hmm. I was like, I really I want to see like where we're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the movie never lost me. I wasn't checked out yeah. until like the last ten minutes, and then at that point, yeah. I was like, oh, this this is at that point. Well, it was, we are we are just driving the plane straight into the ground it here. Keeps ending over, it keeps and over, over keeps which I think that speaks to him really, really wanting. A, he, I think he wants to shed the final remnants of like his stereotypes, like the the twist, the uh, ambiguity. He's like, no, 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 um, because he's actually not ambiguous as a filmmaker. The twists happen because he tells you. Yeah, I mean, that's how I feel about it's ambiguous during the movie. But then by the end, you know, you yeah. know, and in this movie. He, he wants, wants to make to sure know you know so everything. He wants you to know so fucking well, that's, much. That's how I feel about Signs and Village. Like the twists in those movies are not twists because there's it's a setup and a payoff. Yeah. They're 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 it's it makes sense in the context of the story that's being told, you know. And I guess you could say the same thing about uh, 
Sixth Sense. Yeah, Sixth Sense even still, like, you look back through. The thing is, with those three movies, which I do think are, like, three of his best. I mean, you can maybe put Unbreakable in there and make it his four. But I, like, I, would, I would put Unbreakable as my number one, I think. Still. Unbreakable wow. is your number one. Wow. I think so, yeah. Damn. I love that movie. Um, It's just... I think me, me and Hunter outside of the theater, we were talking and I think we kind of came to like the perfect M night, uh, career doctor move. He needs to get story by credits in his movies That's, and he needs to bring in a screenwriter to write for the screen Yeah, when he, he can provide all the bones of what he wants in the movie. He can direct it. He can establish the feel and the look. He needs someone who gets it i mean that's who, somebody who knows how to write human beings if there's human beings in this movie that's, then it's that's already definitely a how movie. i felt about glass because I, I felt like glass became like this lecture with no like narrative momentum but old had tension it had suspense you were you were seeing how they got old <laughs> you were watching them get old it like, was it was well that's that's another thing i really liked about this movie is it was Almost like capitalizing off like the Midsommar thing of just like, it's not so much horror most of the time as it is just dread the whole time. You're just, you're watching things and just like hating it for these characters. You're like, oh my God, fuck. Like, well, it's going to keep happening. <laughs> They're on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> on the, on the point of the body horror though, like I honestly, like I'm a gorehound kind of guy. Like I love mm. schlocky horror, ultra violent movies. Right. So I think part of what I found so fascinating and entertaining about this movie was, so you look at the concept of these people show up on a beach and they start getting older, right? Can we, can we get into spoilers? I feel like this is about to anyway. Well, are you, are you going to make a spoiler? This is going to be really general. I, okay, I think good. we should probably assume, but mm -hmm. this part is going to be general. So you get to, a, uh, you know, it, th that's the premise, right? You go to a beach, you get old, right? That as a premise, there's a lot of different ways you can go with that. And let me pose this to you. So imagine that concept, but it's Charlie Kaufman <laughs> writing the screenplay, right? He is going to write a movie about the aging process and it's existential and mm. you're going to feel every moment of getting older and you're going to, there's going to be reminiscing and there's going to be regrets. And you're it's describing be, Synecdoche, New York. Which is... My favorite movie of all time. Thank oh, you for bringing shit. that up. That's okay. my favorite movie ever. So anyway, you have that. You can take this concept and you can you go a couple different ways with it, right? Without getting into spoilers, M. Night doesn't do that. It's very... I, I think the premise of the movie is kind of set up to establish basically set pieces, right? So mm -hmm. there's a couple kind of body horror moments that use this notion of an aging yes, body. Man. He wants to, to do give like really crazy effective yeah, body cool stuff. Right? He he wants to give you the elevator pitch stuff where you're like, oh, they get old. Well, what if this happened or what if that happened? Like he does, you're right. He wants to give you that. He's not really interested, though, in the existential concept of aging. He's interested in the physical, <laughs> like, this is aging. And yeah, because that's how you know you're old. And it's mixed on, like, how effective it is at that, right? Because, like, yeah. there were moments yeah. in this movie where I was like, how much time has passed? Yeah. Alex Wolf, you look exactly the same. I <laughs> yeah. think twenty years have passed at this yeah. point. You know, like, and, and then yeah, and then that. you just have your dad's bottom jaw and then your own head top. <laughs> oh <head>. god! <laughs> and, and your you dad's have, accent. You have Gail Garcia Bernal 
with a couple wrinkles at he, one point. It's like, he, yeah, he's you can't age that guy. That man, right? that man comes off scot free. You can't, you can't yeah. cast that guy, right? <laughs> hey, man, but, we we Hispanics, we don't age. Okay, that's, we don't age at all. Well, one of the only jokes in the entire movie is uh, what what is exactly the joke? It's just like oh, the first the time they joke. wish they were black. Yeah, <laughs> um, good good laugh oh, in the yeah. theater. Yeah. Did did you you were gonna pose a question though, right? Or was that leading Charlie, to the a, Charlie Kaufman thing? What imagine Charlie Kaufman? Oh, wrote what the movie. what do we think about that concept? Well, I, I don't mean like like you know like what would you think of Charlie Kaufman? Charlie Kaufman I just is, mean makes to, old too. Just to demonstrate, like there's a couple different ways you can take this concept, right? Yeah, the more and, the more like sort of spiritual metaphysical side of it, yeah, and just like the the aging process in general, like we're all gonna die, you know? Like M Night Shyamalan is not concerned with that aspect of aging. Maybe a little bit. It gets into that a little bit. And I think the way it does so is pretty like fucking corny, if I'm being it's, honest. But well, we yes. can spoilers. Well, you know why, though, is because the conflicts remain what they were before they were old. It's just like, how does rapidly aging affect an issue that you already had when you entered the island? Their, their problems like don't change. Yeah, they don't. Well, they don't. It's because and maybe it's, and this was a conscious choice by them was to make it so you have the same brain. Your brain is not aging at all with your no, body. No, there's a couple is, lines though. of dialogue that say that it is. Yeah, neurologically no, part, it is. Partially it is, but mentally it is. Like, but Part of it is like they still have the. Can we move it to spoilers now? They just. I want to talk about the like single worst well, aspect of this movie. Single sequence. It's almost something that happens to people with like significant like head trauma. It's like what if you had the brain hardware of an adult, but the like lived experience of a child. That's yeah. that's which is fascinating. That's very interesting. So, but it doesn't well, really explore that in a no, meaningful it beyond way one very key way in before, one very fucked up way. Before we get into spoilers, I just want to say that my enjoyment of the movie is separate from any like logical approach to any of these concepts. Like, I just enjoyed this movie on a very basic monkey brain way. Ha ha ha. They go to beach, get old, watch them get old. Like, I was just like enthralled by that extremely surface level movie watching experience. And that is kind of my take about M. Night. Like, I love uh, his older movies, but that's not the kind of movie that he's making anymore. And those movies, there was a tinge of that silly corniness in them but i feel like now he's kind of embraced that and i know that we've talked about like there's a lot of unintentional comedy in this that proves that he's still trying to take himself seriously but i was able to enjoy this movie in a way that was like fully big dumb stupid movie type of way you yeah i've i mean i've been a, a proponent of that in the past if you're able to do it yeah mm -hmm. so i i was i was fully bought in on all of that but there is there are a lot of flaws obviously with any so M9, what you're saying so. is that this actually isn't your f9 because when you're watching f9 you were thinking of it like i'm watching the godfather part four yes like i have to be very i have to put on my critical hat guys i i wasn't here for the fast pod i'm starting to think that i definitely am glad about that because i would have <laughs> i would have made you guys very upset you still haven't seen F9, have you? No. You're not a part of this. Well, here's yet. the thing is that you aren't invited to the cookout at the end. <laughs> you can't say that. But if I you don't kill think. Han, 
you will eventually be uh, invited to the cookout. All right, let's get into spoilers for old. I want to talk about the uh, possibly deep uh, pedophilic choice to have. What if six year olds have sex? I don't, you know, I'm not that, I don't, I'm not upset by that on like a problematic level. That's literally, just, the, that is an me, elevator pitch idea. It made idea. my stomach churn in a way that was very, and yeah. again, That's I don't know, point. I don't know Sandcastle. I don't know. Maybe M. Night did not come up with this idea. Maybe this is something from the graphic novel itself, but that is just... It's deeply upsetting, but not in like a like, oh man, isn't this like fucked up, dude? Like that shit's crazy. It's like something where it's like, I don't know if that was a good choice. So I don't I, think that choice land and I don't think they really added that much. I would have much rather had more of an explorative existential kind of let's go down that avenue instead of M. Night what if what if six year olds have sex? Well, he wants to do it. But the, that's not what the movie's about. The I mo- that is one moment in a series of like 20 moments because the movie's structured like it's structured like a slasher movie and you have a lot of characters to get through. It's a set in piece. the slasher. Yeah, uh, we're not we're not going to get into the internality of any of these characters on some high level. I think he almost wants us to, if anyone, with Gale. And that falls like wildly flat. I, I never once was like, oh, wow, because you know why? He's an actuary. What a dumb fucking thing to do. That's what you do in a movie called like in like Along Came Polly. I'm pretty sure they do that. <laughs> Whichever one has like Ben Stiller in it where he's like he's an actuary to show the audience that he's anxious. Like, are you going to make a dumb movie or not? M. Night? Like, let it let it be really dumb if it's going to be dumb. Anyway, I wasn't upset by the pregnancy thing because that is if you're sitting down in a room clear headed. OK, here's my premise. Little I, girl pregnant. No, no. <laughs> I don't, think, exclamation he, I don't marks. think he even started there, dude. I think it's as simple as what's what happens when you age. What happens if there's a baby? Exactly. It's, it's just like a very quick. What if question you would come to? OK, they're aging fast. What if someone like were pregnant? They would probably give birth in like in 10 like 20 minutes. minutes. And then what would happen That's to it. the baby? Well, if you left that baby alone for a minute, it would die of being neglected. Like that's all that all tracks in my head. It is weird for sure. Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. I, I don't blame you for like that being your immediate reaction, but that is like, you're giving M night way too much credit. I will say I, there was somebody in the screener. I don't know if you saw, there was like two ladies who were sitting in front of us who left after that point and they did not come back in. That's so awesome. Because they were like, they were probably like, yo, fuck that. Like I'm getting out of here now. M night's in the corner. Like, yes, <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm still cool. I'm still cool. He's like, well, people say this is my solo. <laughs> I mean, it's so dumb. Like you can't put more than two minutes thought worth into it. That's, like, that's already yeah, too much. I'm giving it too much credit for that. Even the movie Probably. is already moving on to the next thing by the time you're like still thinking about it. It is. It does not dwell on it at all. Yeah. The the most dwelling it does is that not Allison Pill goes and dies because of it. <laughs> Or whatever, but like, <laughs> I thought she was gonna make it up that rock for a second. I was like, oh, this could be it. And then the whole rest of the movie, she's like, what? She's like, oh, I'm up here now. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, come on up. <laughs> hey, look at that other guy up here. He looks a lot like the director. When, <laughs> when they're in that tent, I was feeling very uneasy, mm-hmm. but I was also thinking that like he is sort of riding the line fairly well, where. 
you do see sort of the neurons firing a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they're like, their brains are exploding. Yeah, imagine going through puberty in the span of 30 seconds. Like yeah. something that's supposed to happen over the course of a few years is happening in like a single moment. Like that's what's happening in that tent. You're, you're, you're rapidly evolving into an adolescent, that's, sexually maturing in, in a moment. That in, happened in to me instant. actually in 2007 when I saw Transformers in the theater. Yeah. Dude, it changed my life forever. <laughs> yeah. Just um, so I could relate. Um, yeah. I see the thing is like there was like some good points like some good ideas in there and everything. I remember a moment that I think uh, looked like dog shit was what we alluded to earlier about the calcium deficiency woman. Um, did you, who, was, did you, who played her adult version I of thought herself? That, I don't know. How did you, you're a body horror guy. How did you feel? That, that? was probably my favorite part. I, I liked it. See, I so thought it looked I just good. Thought, the thing is, I love body horror. I fucking love Cronenberg shit. Like I'm a big body horror guy. I just thought it looked really bad. Like I thought it like looked really like grotesque but not in a way that i enjoy i just think it was like poorly executed maybe it's because the whole movie is like it's so like cg it's the mid- well no it's because the whole movie is like has this midsummer feel where the horror is happening in broad daylight and i fucking love that midsummer is i think like a nearly perfect movie um and that part it like kind of hides in the shadows a little bit more so I I, I I enjoyed the look and the feel of that because it was like, OK, we're getting horror where it, it's not just going to be like an entire movie of dread buildup. Um, and also, I think maybe the reaction to how it looked was a lot of like the rest of the effects are so CG. And this almost looked a little more practical, but I still liked the way it looked like. I was like, oh, this is like, this is a great little, like, you know, you would write this, you know? See, I think that scene in particular, I don't know if I agree with you with the CG thing. I think it looks pretty, pretty digital, especially towards the end. But what I appreciated about that scene was early on in that scene, you get very brief glimpses of her figure. And you can tell she's got like a little bit of a hunchback. Mm -hmm. She's wearing this like what the fuck she's wearing like a kimono or something yeah i don't know right? like a scarf like very loose and yeah. you can just see like she's so she's like don't look at me and she like throws rocks at the camera and just the way that the camera cuts back and forth i thought was like masterful from suspense building then you get to the part where she's like you know all of her limbs are yeah, like just, just totally like messed up, up. Yeah. and it looked it was a little corny but i thought that was a really effective scene from like a, a horror thriller aspect that was my favorite scene. yeah well especially because we're getting intercut with other tense moments with mm-hmm. with uh dad just getting Being splashed blind. over and over yeah, yeah. for like 10 really minutes quick while his body's healing it back <laughs> that you know, scene that I'm scene cheap. with the woman in the cave that was what i was alluding to earlier about people laughing in the theater when yeah it wasn't intended to be funny There's but i definitely didn't, some I didn't think it was theater. bad i was like i'm laughing at this but I'm still enjoying it. And so therefore it's got to be good to keep, some extent. Keep in mind though, sometimes people's reactions to scenes like that it's are laugh. Yeah, it's to laugh. You gotta yeah, it's laugh, to laugh whenever you're scared. It could be because like there's like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> oh my yeah, God, I'm so uncomfortable I'm right now. You know? Yeah, that happens for sure. I think, you know, I think that as we're talking through it, I feel like I'm in like a fucking therapy session for old right now. As we're talking through <laughs> You are it, getting older right I now, we should that, say. That, that the tumor is, is so from, big now. Can you just cut out the tumor in me dude um <laughs> i forgot about that point that was good that. come on i like good. i, I like the tumor it. i really that I might have it. been my favorite body horror point in the movie but getting through it getting back to what i was thinking before i think that 
it's coming back to what basically what you were originally posing, Matt, which is like the thriller kind of existential aspect of the movie versus the horror aspect. And maybe it's just my own personal bias of what I wanted this movie to be because I didn't like the pregnancy scene as much. I didn't like that scene, even though like I am a normally I'm a big horror, especially a body horror guy. But like, I think that why those scenes didn't work for me is because I wanted this movie to be something different than it actually was. Totally. And I think that that's a totally fair reaction to have. And I think like from a technical perspective, like old is, I think his best movie since the village. It from looks technical. It looks good as fuck. It looks right. Great. Just the, nobody does what M night does in the sense of like, blocking like mm-hmm. placing oh, yeah. his actors in the scene like the way he in particular he frames um um is it vicky vicky, vicky creeps something? vicky creeps yeah vicky creeps just the way he frames her face i was like anytime she was on the screen i was like a lot of close-ups and spy lots of close-ups and just so the scene i wanted to talk about in particular i had a very visceral reaction to and this movie was filmed on 35 millimeter, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a scene where all the characters, it's like all exposition, all the characters like gather around in a circle. They're like, we're going to fucking figure this out. Yeah. They're like standing in a circle on the beach, but the camera is in the middle. Right. And the camera just spins around and it's spinning just fast enough that there's like a small amount of blur. Mm. And it made me feel like I had a body reaction to it. I was like, I wouldn't go as far as saying I was nauseous, but I was like, it made me feel really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like the sense Uneasy. of dread that I felt just like, it was like the perfect amount of spin on the camera. Like, yeah, we've seen a spinning camera before, right? But it was like just enough to where it was spinning with it being filmed, you know, on 35 millimeter. It was just like one frame more than the image can keep up with right mm-hmm. yeah so there's this like uncanny effect where you're like i know what's happening but yeah god this looks strange it's almost it's, like the, the camera is like going along with the waves that's as the they thing wash up on yeah the that's beach. what i was gonna say is because there's another they do it a couple more times that have that same thing where there is this kind of like swinging motion it's very where, kinetic yeah we're in again m night like he knows how to fucking move a camera man like he yep. knows what he's doing behind the camera it's just it's always it's almost never my issues with this movie are almost never with anything about how it looks or how it feels. Mm-hmm. It's all almost always with story. Yeah, this movie also did display more tricks he has in his bag that I didn't know he had uh, because we get uh, so much handheld, uh, which he's done before, obviously. But like, I think he did it in a way in this movie that struck me as like very modern like he picked this up watching new horror movies or watching even just new like normal lower budget movies he tried to do that on the visit which i haven't seen but you matt said it was really bad it's just like but that that's what he was trying to pick up on the found footage he did it yeah Yeah, he so like he's still picking up stuff and putting in his bag which is really cool but we to juxtapose this we have to talk about our story setup like how the table is set because it's always interesting to me especially in like a very premise heavy movie like this how long it takes before we get into the meat because we all know what the meat is it's the the it's, meat is it's the, the title titles. it's the title so, like why does it take half of the movie for them to say like hey guys we're getting old it's just because it's, you need to care about I'm, the characters i know but the problem is you <laughs> kind of don't, don't ever like it like 
I, I don't care that much about them because uh, they're not they're not full characters. They're like ideas of characters. Um, I, I would say the kids are. Yeah, but then as when we know them like to, enough to care about them, they are still like six and like yeah. eight or whatever. Like it's it's not quite enough for me to be like, oh my god, they're gonna get old. No, <laughs> like I was he, still and, I'm still thinking like get old. It honestly <laughs> felt like he was trying to emulate the experience of somebody being in that situation <laughs> discovering information how they would yeah. react and not actually trying to write like a, a you know what would happen in this situation you really quickly notice that people are getting older when your fucking daughter this is just all of a sudden like fully develop or developing mm -hmm. and just like does not look like she looked before and you see your son, you can pretty quickly kind of figure yeah, out, okay, exactly. something's going on here and this is what is literally physically happening. So that's the thing. This movie, it both like, it can't decide whether it's more interested in like being super interested in the premise, which is you go to beach and you get old or being interested in the characters themselves. And I think that M. Night is, and maybe it's something about criticism that he's had in the past that he wants to try and give more to his characters so that they feel more fleshed out because that is a criticism for a lot of M. Night movies and he is a person who he reads his own reviews. Um, and I almost wonder if that is a little bit of a detriment to this movie that maybe he should have just said, hey, look, I'm just going all on the premise of this movie. I just watched Escape from New York this past week. Here's the thing about that movie. The characters don't really matter in that movie because you hear Escape from New York and you're like, that's it. All right, I'm in. Like, it, New York is a high-security prison. Fuck it. Let's go. And, and yeah, Snake Carpenter Plissken, knows, one of the best characters. Yeah, ever. but that it's almost like a byproduct, though, because it's not like Snake Plissken is, like, a well-developed no, character in no, any no. way whatsoever. But Carpenter knows, I have this genius idea for a premise. I'm just going to go all in on this premise, and then the rest will kind of come naturally. It just, it opens so aggressively traditionally basically is what is what kind of bugged me is it's so by the numbers how the movie starts like we were introduced to our characters they're arriving at this resort. yeah the the conflict is sort of slowly revealed by the parents arguing um and there they introduce the one thing that both mom and dad need to learn through an insane experience where he's like well you need to learn how to make a decision and you know then he's like well you need to learn how to open up to your family like it's just so like paint by numbers like character establishment i i didn't think it took that much time no like, it was i, I wasn't upset by that here's the thing it took just enough time for you to know hey i think this hotel is behind all of this well that well, that is so duh. wildly the second that you see you meet that guy the guy <laughs> the who guy, talks yeah. to them yeah. you immediately <laughs> the know drinks as they get out there <laughs> yeah it's Valet. it's so because all of that is so obvious and then just the fact that it starts so normal like I needed something interesting to happen because I already knew where we were going, you know, and it, it, but we get a whole movie of interesting things. And, and that's, that's the thing is that like, by the time you are at the beach and they're getting old, it's all money from there. Like it's all, it's all fireworks. And I know. like, and like, yes, there, uh, you basically touched on this point, Matt, that like once it's physically apparent what's happening with the kids, you did want a little bit more of a freak out moment. Like, 
let's let's get some more reactions from these parents. Like, why are why are you so kind of nonchalant about what's going on right now? But then later on in the movie, you do get those freakouts. So it is a little bit delayed. Yeah, I'm but not, you you still get all of those sparks and fire. I know. I'm not upset by like how long it took to get there. I'm upset by the f- first act of this movie being a dud. Like it was a dud. It it because I knew. I knew where we were going and I was like, okay, well at least there'll be some interesting turn, like something to grab onto here. And there wasn't for me. Like I I'm watching it like, okay, well we've established that the sun has this freakish ability, you know, obviously it's like, the son has Chekhov's gun, basically, where he's he's collecting everyone's information. He's clearly some sort of savant. Like that's gonna come back. What's your name and occupation? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that's all. Uh, you know what I mean? The and also like the people that he's meeting and getting their info. Like the fact that the guy was a cop, I was immediately like, okay, so you wouldn't gonna you wouldn't back. just choose that because a cop shouldn't be able to afford to go to this resort. <laughs> like you know what I mean? It's all stuff that it's like, okay, we're just literally just going save the cat mode. But right nobody now. nobody's right. affording anything. Thing. We learned later on that all of these people are here for a very specific reason, right? Well, do we though? I feel like there's a lot of ambiguity once you get into the specifics of. I mean, do we want to just address like? Yeah, let's just get to the, the ending. The I think the ending is really bad. I think it's, it's really, it's really bad. And it's, it's not good. And that's the thing. And you know, if the first act is a dud and the ending is a dud, then what are we really talking about here? It's can like I, it really sings for thirty to forty minutes of this. Can I just bring a ninety-minute movie? A couple more points from the middle chunk before we dig into the end. So. One of my favorite moments in the movie is when the kids are playing freeze tag. Mm-hmm. Mm, and that's yeah, the, crazy. great. The it's so camera, well directed. The camera freezes when they freeze right on them. And it goddamn like M night is capable of the fucking best visual storytelling when he leans into it. And I wish that the entire movie was like this, but in that scene with the freeze tag that leads directly into them building the sand castles and playing with the toys and the parents watching them play in the sand without any dialogue you get so much out of that moment where essentially you're looking at parents understanding that they're aging right in front of them and that they cannot hold on to their youth as time slips through their fingers like sand mm-hmm. and all of that is communicated in that one moment that that even this this game of freeze tag represents like trying to hold on to that youth that you know because the movie's called old <laughs> is gonna fall right through your fingertips in a matter of minutes and that is what i appreciated so much about this movie because you know from the fact from the jump that by the time you get to the end of the movie they're gonna be old so by him tr- making that choice to freeze on youth, it's like, oh, I got so much out of that. I See, that's the thing that I'm getting at here. That's how I feel about M. Night is that it's just it's so frustrating because he can do that. He's so capable of those moments, but he he just, he just he wants to do it all. I, he wants to do everything in this movie yeah, because he man, also like it's it. That's just what's like what you just said is so poetic and so beautiful. And he has moments like that throughout his filmography that like I want to hold on to those moments. Yeah, but well, because also. Uh, like you're speaking toward the visual filmmaking, the relationship between the parents gets a lot better when they can't talk anymore. (laughs) Those moments hit so much harder when they can't speak. Like that you actually get weight. 
from that because he can't trip over himself so here's the thing he's a really good visual storyteller right we all agree on that right let me juxtapose that moment with another movement uh moment towards the end of the film where the main uh kid characters i don't know the characters names they've aged up they've transitioned from alex, alex wolf and mckenzie thomas and mckenzie Macken- whoever right i don't know their actors names but anyway so good casting about, though yeah i mean they they look i bought yeah, it i think sure. i think old alex wolf is genuinely an amalgam of dad's bottom half of head so i actually yeah. so i sent joking. a picture because there is an actual actor who plays him but it is not this guy it is not just this guy alone. They definitely which combined. that is that would be good casting. That is but they put a casting, mold, they put they a mold put on his face. Alex Wolf on there, and then they put the top half of uh, Gail Garcia. Um, the, well, they, Gail Garcia and Benal. then they also unfortunately give him Gail's accent <laughs> at the end, which they is just, strange. Yeah. You know when you have a late stage accent that comes, yeah. like you don't have an accent until you hit like um, forty eight. F- fin- fin- oh, yeah, sorry. Say. So. They juxtapose that with the moment towards the end of the film where they're on the beach and they're like, should we keep trying to figure out a way to get out of here? Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, let's make a sandcastle, though. <laughs> and then they make this like barf. I wanted to vomit when that happened. You have because like, it's, it's trying to get across the same point. Right. right. Like time is slipping through your fingers. You're reminiscing on like, you know, being a child and just like there's a freeness that goes with that. You have that done visually with the freeze tag. So beautiful. And then you have like, let's make a sandcastle, which is uh, it's frustrating because they're not that old. (laughs) They could they could still maybe figure something out. Um, but I mean, to be fair, I mean, we're talking going from six to what? I know, I know. Yeah, I wasn't like I wasn't wildly upset by that. I'm just I'm upset by the fact that he. He, I don't know. He has the ambition, you know, he wants to do this trend. Like you said, we're not, I'm not giving enough credit. He is transcendent at what he does. Well, like that moment was like wildly good filmmaking, but whenever these characters, the entire ensemble is talking to each other, I wanted to rip my hair out there. It's, it's classic. Every character has one characteristic writing. It's classic. Oh, I'm Dr. Asshole. (laughs) You know, like, oh, I'm, I'm I'm, different. I'm doctor, but I'm empathetic doctor. I'm a, I'm a therapist. So every thought I have will be about they're viewing this through the lens of psychology. I have no other thoughts in my head. I'm number that. man, so I only look at things as statistics. I'm a nurse and I have an inferiority complex to the doctor, <laughs> you know? Yes, it's when so, when I'm really oh right. Oh my god, like it's And I so, will swim to my death, damn it. I actually know more than you do, but it's, yeah. dude, his and Vicky, they're so bad. I, like look, they're this, so this bad. Is a, dude, this is a non-issue to me. <laughs> because I'm not going into this movie expecting real human beings. Like I saw glass guys I watched that movie That is not a movie that is full of real people I know at it's all. just it's So like I went into that with that understanding Of like him being unable To accomplish that But he is all. just in one way That's what is so frustrating Is he gets people He just doesn't get how to reflect Okay them. so what if this Okay so maybe Maybe his directing ability Like he got old with his directing ability. He has the directing st- talent of a Spielberg, but his brain for writing characters is still like six-year-old Shyamalan. No, he his brain is the alien from Signs. Yeah, he just well, doesn't know. I mean, idiot he like you go in water, you die. <laughs> I don't know. This, I mean, it happens to a lot of 
you know, like Wonderkin style filmmakers. Like, I think to a lesser extent, Damien Chazelle has a problem accessing humanity in his characters because in order to become wildly famous in your 20s for doing the hardest thing you can do in film, your entire life up to that point has to have been prepping for that. Like Mm -hmm. all these guys do is focus on their shit. They're not like living a life when they're young. They're busy getting as good as they are. You know what I mean? It's not randomness. So it makes sense. But if that's going to be the case, then maybe don't write your movies or get a co-writer. The difference is also with Damien Chazelle is that I think where Damien Chazelle really sings is in writing about people who aren't real who lack humanity yeah Yeah, he makes movies about people who are like him he's so good at doing that that's i mean that's what all of whiplash is that's what the best parts about first man are with just bearing about like hey neil armstrong like this dude wasn't fucking normal like he was a yeah it's just about freaks who just do their job really good and that's what he is is his most (laughs) chance at humanity a lot of people hate that movie i fucking love that movie but But, even that movie is like where that movie thrives and a lot of people don't like it is that like they see it as like he's not interested in the classic idea of romance in some well like because that. and what is the most effective moment of la la land it's a, about a three minute sequence with zero words mm-hmm. at the end like <laughs> that's what these guys are they know craft and it, it's frustrating because like he you can see it you can see what he could do whereas if someone were to just uniformly approach this like wanting a like a silly horror movie that also has depth you know who you would hire is jordan peele that's that's what he does yeah he he can actually he can do what m night kind of does but entirely on purpose different eras though not on accident completely different but not though this is 2021 he's making this movie right now no but peele got his reps doing a show that taught him how to be a filmmaker no i know but like they both had reps i'm just saying like we don't need to make excuses for a guy who's been directing for 20 years that's silliness like jordan's been directing for like three i i want to get to the end but i just had one more point I, i wanted to bring up um it ties back to the uh cinematography which we already brought up about uh kind of the the floating camera uh that is beautiful i i think there's some really effective things there with that also, the framing of certain shots. There's a moment in the village that is like this. That is right behind the camera. They put the camera behind William Hurt's head. And wow. he's delivering this like monologue to this room full of kids. And you never see his face. And there's another shot uh, that is uh, this romantic moment between uh, Bryce Dallas Howard and Joaquin Phoenix with fog behind the them. you're talking and about. It yep. just, it's, it, it, M. Night is framed. like... Uh, I'm not going to do shot reverse shot. I'm going to do one weird shot and I'm going to frame it in a way that you could never imagine. And the village is all about that. And in this movie, it plays into the theme because we know or not exactly the theme, but I guess our our expectations for what we're about to see where we know that they're about to get old, but he withholds a seeing them old by framing the shot oh, in that a way that obscures their faces mm-hmm. and it's like out of focus or like behind the shoulder yeah, the, or behind the head. And like, I thought that was so effective. Well, also, yeah, speaking that. toward that, the clip that went viral that everyone was talking about before the movie dropped was that it was, yeah, it was them talking to the nurse and the therapist, the kids, and like everyone was either dunking on the stilted dialogue or defending it. That didn't bug me at all, that scene, mm-hmm. because... 
everyone's it works like in the well movie. first of all everyone's like that's not how people talk how would you talk if you were meeting a grown child who was telling you they were six like <laughs> yeah. i don't i don't know how the fuck i would act like it's <laughs> it's a situation that's impossible to fully predict and then also uh it's okay to write things to be weird yeah. it's a movie it's just he doesn't always mean for it to be weird as the issue i will say and maybe this is also my fault i think i laughed every single time they said in the first five minutes of the movie like uh we'll tell you about when you get older <laughs> you're too young <laughs> like really <laughs> emphasizing so many old and young things i laughed i laughed every time <laughs> they I said fucking it loved it Okay, so this movie ends about three times, at least. Yeah. So the first ending is they swim out to coral mm-hmm. and drown, and M. Night is on the cliffside observing them. And then he's drowning he has been coral. the entire He's movie. been watching them nonstop, and then they're, they're so underground for 90 seconds, and he's like, they're dead. They're it's super fine. dead, 90 seconds. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. we're good. He's, dead. he's like, they're dead. What do you want me to do? Look again? Yeah. If you just <laughs> <laughs> if you just didn't say 90 seconds I'd be fine with it but like when you say 90 seconds like bro like, like come I, on I can hold my breath for fucking 90 seconds dude what are we Especially doing here like, or death situation. yeah like I mean. so the God. movie could have ended there when he's like all right trial number 97 well, done like that could have been it like oh oh okay all right that night you got us yeah Even ambiguous yeah. <laughs> okay so then we go to the lab right so which then, is is yeah. very silly lab it's all beakers it's beakers <laughs> and exotic plants lab coats <laughs> it's very so that's that's all fine and dandy huge exposition dump crazy yeah. amount of exposition yep. too much uh, explaining I, what they're trying to accomplish at this beach the fact that they are accelerating he's just like trials. hello fellow doctors grab uh, gather around i know you've worked here for the last 10 years doing this research but let me explain to you what we're doing yeah. right now and also here's another thing i like the introduction of the idea that they are saving like hundreds of thousands of lives by doing this yeah. you know it brings like well they're not just like cartoon villains if if that's a noble-ish cause yeah it's just they're doing it in such a torturous mean way (laughs) you know um but yeah so let's say we have that lab scene you know we get through it where we're revealed a certain amount of information and then no 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 but so let's say we have just that cut back to the water see like a hand surface and clearly a live hand movie ends okay i'm okay with that Right. Yeah. Like I, I like That's that better. Solid. That's I like solid. that better than what we have. You can, but, you can fill in the blank from there. But wait, we figure out they did not die in coral. <laughs> Man, what a shocker! They made it through the coral. <laughs> His uncle doesn't like the coral. Well, real quick, before we actually go past the coral, I think the real twist of the movie—maybe not twist—but there's a message given. Yeah, that's yeah. The Deus Ex Machina. That's mm-hmm. like the the random save the day, which is fine. And you're meant to just forget about it, and then of course, end of the movie comes along, and it's like, oh man, here's that thing that so and so gave. You're me. like, man, you should maybe, crack that. Code. Maybe I should decipher this code like 24 hours ago, and my parents would still be alive they were busy getting i know well yeah it's not upsetting that they didn't do that because also another thing i loved about this movie like logically is that the nurse is 100 right he's like what if we very slowly walk through this and maybe we'll lose 20 years they would have probably lived if they did that yeah um so that i really enjoyed that like someone at least having the right idea but then just still like not doing it um so then he goes up there's a cold scene there's a whole commotion where uh, a crowd forms around uh, our old kids. 
<laughs> and everybody's like, oh my God, are they old? <laughs> looks like they're old. Yo, wait, are those the kids from yesterday? <laughs> they're but old, old? Yeah. Wait, I think he I've just, about they this. just told them, he just went up to that lady and knocked the drink out of her hand and said, don't drink it or you'll get old. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then it's like, at this point, I'm like, wasn't this movie like about to end like 15 minutes ago <laughs> yeah and we're so we're just yelling. here in this lobby and then he goes up, out. he goes up to the cop he's like you're a cop right well that's that's first that's how that starts yeah and then we get the scene when they're hanging out in the lobby and then we get the fine actual final ending which is they're in the helicopter on their way back home and the camera just like holds on a shot of the water and then the movie finally ends Finally, mercifully, the, and and we even get more ex- expo in the helicopter. You know, right? We yes. get, it's like you're going uh, home to your aunt. Your aunt, and uh, by the way, everyone's been arrested. <laughs> <laughs> but so the thing with the exposition dump at the end is that we're not really having the questions answered. It depends, it depends on your perspective, right? But we never get the answer to what is going on in this beach yeah we see a rock in a glass case yeah. it's magnet. they're studying it and it's like f9 the rocks make you old and that's it it, like, it doesn't explain yeah like the most important question well, which is like why beach make you old <laughs> like so, i don't care about the research that's fucking happening because of old beach why is there an old I'll, beach i'll i'll give the opposite case here because i don't think you need to know you don't know I, I, yeah. you don't need to know anything i'm just that's saying the thing is they're giving us are we so much the wrong one thing Yes, that's the issue. Yeah, Too much which, exposition in one regard. Exactly. I but I like the fact, like I like the idea that these scientists don't know why. They just know that they can do something with it. You know what yeah. I mean? I like that. I just don't, also, I didn't want to know rock, all this other shit, man. If that rock falls out of that glass case, <laughs> then bitch is getting old. <laughs> Yeah, what happens if like a beaker, like there's a beaker accident where it just causes like, you know, like a domino's effect and it knocks over a rock. Everybody's getting They're old. like, shit, no, we're getting too old. Also, so this is, um, so this entire resort is a front for a pharmaceutical company <laughs> who is big pharma, obviously just like shitting out miracle cures, also, like for the last, however long they've been the doing fact this. That Dude, shout lured- out to Pfizer, man. The Pfizer resort is doing great right now. <laughs> they lured all of these people here with like a sweepstakes and your CVS receipts. <laughs> <laughs> Again, again, just stop explaining things, man. Like, stop telling just me. Stop. The more you explain, the more questions yeah. no, I Vicky, have. Vicky Creeps is like, yeah, I found it online. I was like, oh, okay. So there must be some type of resort Airbnb type of website. Groupon. She, yeah. And then, then it starts to, we haven't even touched on this. The fact that like all of these people are here because yeah. they, have they have some type of mental health mental issue. or physical health yeah. issue and, like, and we get the one doctor and he's just like uh sir i told you that we have to stop yeah. grouping the mental health patients with the physical health sir i read all the split reviews <laughs> <laughs> they were very critical <laughs> sir adrian brody sucked in the village that was a terrible idea sir <laughs> You made a huge mistake. You ruined that man's He's career. like, I don't care. We're putting them all together. It's, Put the schizophrenic with the woman who has seizures. Yeah. It's also just like, you know, it's an amount of like Nolan-ish like jacking off that he is the one that's watching them with cameras from afar. It's almost... I was almost thinking cabin in the woods at a certain yeah, point because sure. you're like, Oh, this is a, a guy, you know, a metaphor of a filmmaker torturing characters for his own benefit. 
Well, you you just brought up Nolan, and I gotta ask, how do we bring the Tenet boys into this scenario? <laughs> oh, can they? All right, that's old how two. Do they fix- old two colon young. <laughs> they go backwards on the beach. Temporal pincer movement. Yeah, right. You know what it is? You replace you replace the best character in the film, mm-hmm. mid-sized sedan. Oh my <laughs> god, I can't believe Oh boy. Oh Jesus Christ. That's a whiff. We do address the elephant in the room. Big, mid-sized sedan. Big whiff on the joke. Replace him with John David Washington's character in Tenant. Mm-hmm. And there you go. He's yeah. an agent from the future working backwards to try to fix the situation. <laughs> That's it. That's yeah. I, so I have a quite a mid-sized sedan uh, size his question for you. Um, <laughs> no, his name is Mid-sized Sedan. He says that at one point. He says, "Who are you?" And he says, "My name is Mid-sized Sedan." <laughs> um, <laughs> He's just got. <laughs> uh, so shouldn't he be like that? Made me so upset. seventy years old by the time they even arrive I to was the beach. Very confused. And by, he still makes you know. it until like the evening of them being on the. He's like hundred and ten years old. Yeah. I get like, oh, black doesn't crack, huh, huh, huh. But like, I'm starting to think M Night actually thinks that black people do not <laughs> age. Like he. No, no, no. <laughs> this movie did not have enough of a budget to actually age anybody. Mm. So we just have to imagine that everybody's actually ancient. Yeah. It's also it he's obviously trying to create like a happening style vibe with using mid-size sedan w- like when they first encounter him because he's not acting how any of them act on the island. Like yeah. the island doesn't affect them they, like, like it affects They like get there and him. they're just like, "Huh, it's weird that there's just like one dude out here already yeah. by himself." Well, like that's well, then odd, he, but... the way he's acting is like wildly stilted dialogue. Like it's it's a vibe that I I was like, "Are we in for a movie of all of this?" And we aren't. Another like, another strange. thing is I mean, again, if this was a Jordan Peele movie, which it be a better movie but it would have explored the whole racist element of this because that doctor is straight up like really fucking yeah, racist he's like, and he's that's gonna just, break into my house not touched on at all like they just kind of put that out there and they're like huh man well this doctor not a great that's guy his, that's his perspective yeah. <laughs> that's the point of view that he represents <laughs> yeah it's, um it's swish it's <laughs> <laughs> It's it's just a lot to to call him mid-sized sedan is it's an attempt to be a written joke. The joke is a dad joke of like, I mean, what are these freaking rappers calling what? themselves lately? Freaking uh, yeah, uh, uh, little Subaru. <laughs> yeah, ex- yeah. It's which M Night is a dad, like you know what I mean. He he is like a but not a daddy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised that you wouldn't say that. If, I mean, if if you asked the woman who was sitting in uh, down the row from me when she screamed when she saw his face on the screen, whoa, she might call no. him daddy. I will say there was a different person other than her who cheered at the end of this movie loudly. And I was like, man, he, good for you. So, you know, it's funny okay. at the press screening that we saw. Usually there's even if it, it's like an OK movie, there's always claps at the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. No claps. There was literally no people clapped at the end. Everybody just kind of walked out and was like, oh, OK, I guess they like, got old. I was kind of I thought that the audience would be more into it just because of like the M. Night Hive. But. I don't know. I was talking with a friend of the pod, Colin, who's a big M. Night fan about this movie. He didn't like this. He was not. He was not a fan of this movie, which was kind of surprising to me. I thought they'd be a bigger fan. He didn't like it, though, because he said that, like, it felt to him like a very covid movie in a way it did. Like they shot all of this last summer. They shot all of this right in the peak of the pandemic. There's a reason why it's just seven people on a fucking beach. And he could really feel that. 
I don't know if I necessarily felt that because I felt like that was like kind of written into the story, but I don't know how you guys felt about that. Maybe the makeup part, you know, the fact that we don't see them like physically get that old. Yeah, you that think could that be part if of it, it wasn't like a COVID movie, they could have added like 10 mil more to the it, budget and like kind of helped improve. Yeah, I, stuff. I don't know. I almost liked the isolation like factor of this like i i almost saw it as like because it's it's almost serendipitous because he like his aim was to make this movie before covid was a thing like it's not like he was like oh let's push this project forward because it would be the right one to shoot right now this was his ever since he read this graphic novel sandcastles uh this has been his like project otherwise that resort would be working on a fucking covid vaccine stat God, could you imagine how great that would be? Well, the thing is that if like they tried to just give people COVID, they would either die of COVID or like get over the COVID before they had a chance to actually test and have mm-hmm. a vaccine. Mm-hmm. That's the bummer. Um, what do I, you think, Matt? In regards to what? <laughs> okay, in regards to what? <laughs> what you, what? The, the COVID Sucks. production. The COVID production. <laughs> It didn't. It never crossed my mind. Yeah. Um. It just. It just felt like this was the kind of scale that M Night was going for. Um. In regards to the the aging thing, like, it it, it did annoy me that the characters weren't properly aged relative to the amount of time that should have passed in this mm-hmm. universe. But I mean, what are you gonna do? Like, I think his his mind was obviously set on these like set piece moments. That's where the money's gotta go. So mm-hmm. if you gotta skimp on aging somebody from age 20 to 30 it's fine Look, just let the audience knows. fill in the blanks but it was noticeable i didn't attribute it to covid though i just nice everybody it's knows you only have three different looks in your life you have young look you have uh in your 16 to 35 look and then you have old man look there, yeah and then you become it. bones every life then you become bones every life has three acts do you think six-year-old <laughs> alex wolf and your dad do you think that uh the sequel is called bones and no. it actually directly leads into the t- television series Bones. No, no, no. See, I've already figured this out. Lord is an anagram for or for older Lord the musician with the e. yes, yeah, exactly. So who just made a music video on, on a, a beach, beach on a beach on the old solar beach. power? And Lord actually, since a few years ago, has gotten older by a few yeah. years. So old think too, about colon, it. older, older, <laughs> older colon Lord. Um, <laughs> I'm losing my mind. So <laughs> hold on though. So, going on so it's silly and it's stupid and it's funny. We need to talk about the title of this movie because a lot of the pitch is baked into it. The choice is mocked by a lot of people. This is an intentional move. This is what horror movies are called now. Like, like mm-hmm. Blumhouse style movies. They're called something very quick and punchy. Nope. Nope. Jordan Peele. Uh, even Pig, like get out in us. Lamb. We're in a we're in a run of like, one word titles, and I love no. It. Just think like ma yeah. ma, you know, yeah. one syllable. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like because like an audience doesn't need something metaphoric to go see a horror movie. Mm-hmm. They're going to see a horror movie. Yeah, it's that's. I think at the end of the day, that's why I was more upset with this than I wanted to be because. Um, it's almost as if the studio knew what type of movie this was going to turn out to be, but M night didn't like they were, they were like, Oh, we're going to sell this as like a silly horror that you go to. And you're like, Oh my God. And M night was like, this movie is going to change everything forever. Like <laughs> that's, that's what kind of bugs me is be- everybody's like, going to get old. <laughs> 
I just I I wish that he had a little bit better of a grasp on what he's capable of because then we could make unbelievable movies. This could have been an unbelievable movie. It just boils down to Homeboy needs to stop directing his own scripts. Like yeah. it's that easy. Like he's just he's a bad screenwriter. Like get it get it just get story by. Come on. He like what he if- came up with a great elevator pitch for a Blumhouse movie. That's what this is. And then he he filled in the blanks in a very uneven way, I would say. But he has a lane. Like that's kind of what I'm appreciating is like nobody else is in his lane. It's it's a no. it's a shitty lane at times. Yeah. And there's tons of potholes and cracks in it. But at least it's his. I lane. know. It, well, it's like it's almost very similar to Nick Cage. We just did this whole yeah. series on him. We're like for a long time, like no one is in Nick Cage's lane because no one's allowed to be and right. keep getting chances. Right. But he is like he can get these shots because his name, he's probably among the top five most name brand known directors but in the world. This movie did not cost as much to make as Snake Eyes colon G.I. Joe Origins, which also came which, out this week. But that movie cost way, way more money. And sucked. And, and hey, nobody saw it. Who would have guessed that would have been a flop? A G.I. Joe Origins movie. At like what? Like seven years after G.I. Joe 2, which also flopped. But it, they still didn't give M. Night as much money as they did to that because just, this is an original Idea. Yeah, it's an original story, and he's and a you, weird well, it's, auteur. It's based on Not, a graphic well, novel. Yeah, but, but I mean, it's know. still it's an unknown story. You are well, fucking reading Sandcastle, the French Swiss <laughs> graphic novel, and you also can't give him an exorbitant amount of money. Like that's the one thing he's proven he will not return. <laughs> like he'll return if you give him like mid-level budget yeah. even but if you give him big budget he will suck right none of his movies except for maybe the sixth sense have been in like the top 10 highest grossing of their respective years give him signs a, give him a signs made good money well sure give him a mid-sized budget and you can get a decent return mm-hmm. but he's not going to be making he's you're not going to get a return of 500 mil mm-hmm. even 250 mil like it's especially just, at the stage in his career yeah and i i i want to reiterate i like i liked this movie more than it sounds like i did like in the moment i'm watching it thinking like i'm i'm hella glad i came <laughs> like i don't like most movies that i see <laughs> and like this movie kept me in it way longer than your average movie does like i i wanted to see it based on the fact that it was m night and it was old (laughs) and it gave me m night like i didn't expect greatness like through and through it gave me the amount of greatness i wanted from m night because you're not gonna get (laughs) you're not gonna get a well-rounded movie um and it gave me old they get old what if the movie ended with m night uh giving a monologue m night himself the character talking to the camera and say you sat down in this theater screen 94 minutes ago. Now you're older than you were when you sat down. Yeah. You're going to you're going to tell your kids about Cinema. that tumor. That's that's what would happen if Charlie Kaufman wrote this movie. Uh, I was just going to say also, <laughs> Charlie Kaufman wrote this movie. It just ends. Well, also, if it were an ensemble like this, all 11 characters would be struggling screenwriters. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what if you yeah, were on a writing beach with old and all of them are Charlie Kaufman? <laughs> yeah, it's just adaptation. But everyone on the beach but is Charlie Kaufman. Yeah. <laughs> We've all gathered here it's, for a very specific what reason. If, yeah, no, it's uh, it's adaptation meets uh, <laughs> meets old meets. Um, let's throw an anomaly in there, so it can be like really depressing, and you'll want to kill yourself after you see it. If you, if you throw puppet in water, puppet bad, <laughs> puppet dead. The premise. I mean, of- well, it's it's anomaly in that everyone is the same person. 
Gotcha. The premise of yeah. that movie, of Charlie Coffin's version, is just what does the aging process, rapid aging, do to neuroticism? Yeah. The movie. Yeah. I don't think, I think Anomalisa uh, has made me more depressed than any movie I've ever seen. Like, I went into a two week funk where, like, I just wanted to be alone in a dark room. I saw Anomalisa on a first date, online date. It's like Tinder or some shit. Wow. Did that go first well? Date. Never saw her again. <laughs> yeah, say, not a great movie for the first time. I would like associate you with like, man, like that was one of the most depressed nights that I've ever felt in my life. Literally, as soon as the movie ended and we exited the theater, I was like, I want to talk about it, right? I was like, you want to go get some? I was like about to say, do you want to go like get some food or something? The first words out of her mouth were, I need to go home. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, oh yeah, no, no, I get it. It's late. It was like seven o'clock. It's late. <laughs> Never saw her again. Man, nothing like the <laughs> 4 p.m. showing of Anomalies. <laughs> yeah. And now she's on the beach getting old. Not a great choice. All right. Well, I think we can wrap it up there. As a final thought, I'll I'll say I really like Alex Wolf in this movie. I think this Dude, continues Alex the Wolf run. season. Back to back weeks of talking to Alex Wolf. He's really fucking good in this movie. I think he might actually be the best part of this movie. He doesn't get that much to do, but when he's on screen, I really love seeing him. He knows he knows what he's in. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yep. he has he brings his A game too. He's not phoning it in. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciated that. Really loved him in this. So yeah, that's old. We're old. We're all old. Everybody's old. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much, Matt. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Please let the people know where they can find all your stuff. So Cinephiles Digest is the name of my podcast. We kind of do an alternating schedule where we have our mainline podcast, Cinephiles Digest, where we review, you know, current movies. Um, we've Our next feature coming up in anticipation of our 100th episode is we're going to count down our personal top 100 films of all time. Oh, so shit. we're going to break it up into Damn. 25 film chunks. So next episode of the mainline podcast is going to be what, 100 through 76 or whatever. And then we alternate that with the digest, digest, D-I-E, exclamation point, jest. That's where scary. Where we do like horror movie double features. So nice. we do that with my friend Paris and uh, other co-host Travis. So Cinephiles Digest. That's, you know, that's I want to come on for the horror double feature. I know y'all did our Gento one a couple months ago and... If you got a good idea for a double feature, open invitation. If anybody's got a good idea for a double feature they want to do. So Uh, you're talking strictly not new horror movies, but it can be new. Okay. We're just, Mm -hmm. you know, so for example, the next episode we're recording like two days from the recording of this episode, we're doing uh, silent Hill and resident evil. Oh, that's episode. Hey, video game horror. You know, just fun. We have a good time. Imagining. I imagine having a nostalgia for the silent Hill movie. I know it's not a great movie, but like I still have a lot of first for that movie. Pretty good. It's yeah. in my memory. In my memory anyway. I haven't really I watched just, it. I just I remember it being good, but then again, I haven't seen it since I was like, I don't know, like eight. So I can't I can't <laughs> say like how well it's aged. I'm starting to think that we should have uh, a premise to our podcast. That sounds really nice what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, kind of being loosey goosey and just having good convo. That's 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 well, fun too. Our premise was Nicolas Cage. Yeah, now we're and now lost. it no longer is. Yeah, now we now have we're nothing. just getting old. Now we're just getting our we premise have, is just about how we're older every week now. It's basically we've switched to Alex Wolf. <laughs> yeah, since honestly, we stopped you know Nick what? Cage. Alex Wolf is the next Nicolas Cage. Episode by episode Naked Brothers band podcast. It, that's that's your replacement for the Drake and Josh series that's canceled forever. Oh, man, <laughs> you, you just Drake. 
My, I was going to make so much money off of that idea. And then Drake had to go and be a child predator. Yeah, You know, you're kind of the biggest victim of all of this. Yes. I'm always saying this. Why wasn't he thinking about me when he diddled those kids? Piece of shit. Well, thank you for listening. <laughs> you can. Uh, no, now we have to give money to Drake Bell. No, this is like, ah, uh, he probably has a GoFundMe page for his legal. Oh, I hope point. not. <laughs> Oh man, lock that man behind <laughs> for his crimes. Do not uh, remember go he was him. he was on a cameo for like a long time, That's and we were right. like, "Oh, should we like reach out Drake Bell and everything?" And then all this stuff came out. I was like, "Actually, no, maybe we shouldn't yeah. do a Drake." Didn't Bell he like cameo. run away to Mexico? He yeah. sure did, and he like married somebody in Mexico. I'm pretty sure he was releasing music in Mexico under yeah. a different name. A different yeah. name, yeah. yeah. Under yeah. Sean Penn had to go find him, El Chapo style. <laughs> He Drake Bell is the epitome of a cameo level talent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like those kind of people can thrive on cameo. Where most people are like, oh yeah, Drake Bell. Yeah, like this. Like be, that's that's your reaction there, when you have a when you hear them. Disney Channel Nickelodeon era people on there. Like uh Corey in the house is on Dude, there. Have you guys not Kyle watched uh, Josh Peck, Josh Peck's Turner and Hooch? No. Or did you know Josh Peck is in a Turner and Hooch show? Series. That's yeah. Josh Peck? He, is yes. he is he He's Turner? playing Tom Hanks, which, you know, when I'm just like, oh, young Tom Hanks, young Tom Hanks. Oh, of course, Josh Peck. Uh -huh. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening. <laughs> Please be sure to rate, review, subscribe. Josh Peck, you're welcome on the podcast. Drake, you are not. Check us out at We Bought a Mic on social media, webottomike.net. Thank you to all you beautiful donors for donating. Y'all are amazing. Shout out to executive producers, Colin, Dane. Brett, Brian, and Brian. Beautiful boys. Be a donor like them if you want to support all the good work that we do as we get through uh, the last uh, run of 2021. We're in the second leg here, second half of 2021. Next week, we're talking The Green Knight. Mm. New movie by David Lowry, starring Dev Patel. Hearing great things about this movie. Really excited for it. Hearing hearing daddy things about Oh, Dev. Zaddy. Full on Zaddy Green Knight status up in here. Stick around for that and we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Bye.